Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay, and let's get down to it. So if you've been listening to the show lately, and hopefully you are, um, you'll hear that I've been talking to a lot of different content creators, independent content creators, uh, comic book writers, artists, and even the co-founder of a comic book company himself. Today, I'm kind of changing it up a bit, and I'm really, really lucky, and I'm very, very honored to be speaking to, in my opinion, a very famous YouTuber, uh, Christina Mayoni. Um <laughs> I discovered her. I, I shouldn't say I discovered her. Like I found her uh, towards the beginning of this year, and I've been following her ever since. I actually became a supporter of her. So, Christina, thanks for coming on, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, gosh, I hate when people call me famous, too. That's such a funny word. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't well, say I'm famous, but... Okay. Well, you know, if people uh, click over to your channel and they see how many followers you have, they <laughs> might disagree. Um, so just really quick before we really get into it, kind of give us, you know, that quick sort of elevator pitch. What is your YouTube channel all about? So I started my YouTube channel about three years ago and the channel, you know, kind of changed up a little bit. So back in January, I started doing social and political commentary, which seemed to be quite a hit. So I kept on that role. I just basically comment on things that are big in the world right now, you know, politics, especially American politics, and lots of social commentary, like, you know, drama stuff that's going on in the YouTube community. <laughs> and, you know, stuff that needs to be commented on, like LGBTQ rights, and, you know, mm -hmm. that whole jazz. Yeah. And if anybody caught that when Christina said she talks about American politics, Christina is <laughs> from the great white north. So she's Canadian. Yeah. Which that, uh, that especially makes people super mad that I'm a Canadian talking about American politics. Oh yeah, how, how dare anybody have like a, an opinion like outside of like their yeah. borders or anything like that. Oh, exactly. Egads. <laughs> um, so like I said, uh, I found Christina's channel back in January of this year. And I think the first video, because I was actually, I pulled up your channel. Uh, it was a Caitlin Bennett video. And for people <laughs> that don't know, Caitlin Bennett, uh, a.k.a. Gun Girl, rose to notoriety, I guess we could say, for showing up to her Kent State graduation, carrying an assault rifle, basically. Yeah. Um, she has a channel, Liberty Hangout, uh, where she just loves to bash the liberals and <laughs> talk a lot of nonsense. And I, I, I guess because I, I'll watch a lot of videos where people bash her, I was like, ooh, another one. <laughs> and that's how I found you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that, that's how a lot of people found my videos. And I'm um, kind of known, like sometimes when people see me, they're like, oh, I, I don't know where I know you from, but I know you from somewhere. And then five minutes into our conversation, they'll just interrupt me and go, oh, my God, you're that girl that makes videos about Caitlin Bennett. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm known <laughs> for. Well, I mean, and like you said, that's kind of when your channel really shifted, probably right around that time um, yeah. where you got into more political and social stuff. But before we kind of discuss the channel a little bit. When did you decide that you wanted to become a YouTuber? So I was told throughout high school, 
I should do YouTube just because I was always super opinionated. You know, I always was kind of like in religion class and in philosophy class and in, I was in debate club. Mm -hmm. Everyone always told me like I always had the craziest opinions and I love to argue with people and people were like, oh, you just have such a great personality. You should go on YouTube. And it was always my dream to be a YouTuber, but I thought people in my city would like make fun of me and people I knew. So eventually mm -hmm. in my third year of university, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a YouTube channel. I don't care what people think. I just, I had been through so much at that point that I was like, I had stopped caring what people thought about me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I started off making silly videos, just kind of like fun vlogs with friends and those little challenge videos. Mm -hmm. And I knew I always wanted to do commentary or like story time videos where I talked more about my personal life and things that I've been through and the things I see in the world. Uh, but I was so nervous because people kept telling me, oh, you might not be able to get a job in the future. And if you talk too much about politics or about your you know, personal life, it could affect you in the future. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because this is something I'm passionate about. And you know what, it was it was all worth it in the end. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think I think that's great that, you know, you you just kind of jumped right into it. You just you got that courage. I mean, it's almost like kind of two levels of courage, like you had the courage just first to do it and put yourself out there and then to say, okay, you know, I'm I've kind of been doing this. I, I've been chatting with friends, making fun videos. Now I'm really going to put myself out there and discuss, you know, some hard hitting issues. And again, you know, I'm really going to encourage people. If you don't listen to Christina's uh, show, or I, I should say watch, I'm sorry, if you don't watch <laughs> Christina's YouTube channel, you should definitely go over there because I mean, that's one of the things uh, especially like this year, you know, I noticed a lot of your videos were very personal where you opened up about your life. And I mean, I got to applaud you because that takes a lot of bravery. Like what, what was it something? Yeah. How did you come to that decision that like, you know, you're going to kind of open yourself up and, and really kind of be free about discussing your personal life and your struggles? I think it was the fact that I watched so much YouTube and I was really big into you know, celebrities and stuff growing up and even like the YouTube, you know, celebrities, I guess I put in quotation marks. And none of them seem to be open about anything like mental health issues or the more like personal struggles that every human being goes through. You know, everyone on YouTube, I think that was kind of the trend back then to look perfect and act perfect. And I think we're coming into a new age of YouTube where it's just being more real and being more raw in front of the camera. And I think that's what people want to relate to now. And that's why the people like, I don't know if you know who the YouTuber Emma Chamberlain is, but she got no, huge. I think in one year she had like 8 million subscribers and it was just all off vlogs of her life. And they were just so real and so raw. It was her just going to a coffee shop and doing homework and doing just silly little day-to-day -day things and her having like little mental breakdowns and I think it's just people connect to the rawness of other people and people being real. No one wants to see that fake stuff anymore that YouTube used to be. Well, do you get comments from your viewers um, kind of saying something along those lines like, I'm really glad that you're, you know, you are being real, maybe saying things like, you know, gosh, you know, I see your struggles and I thought I was the only one. And it's really kind of nice to see somebody else kind of going through the same things that I do. Like, do you get feedback like that from viewers? Yeah, so much of that. And that makes me so happy. And it makes me want to like push harder to be open in my videos and not trying to like fake anything. I try to be as open and honest with my viewers. And I think that's part of the reason I grew so quickly was because people felt connected to me on like a personal level. 
So it was like almost like when they watch my videos, they were watching, they were just having a conversation with a friend, which is mm-hmm. the vibe I kind of try to give with my videos is that it's like, I'm not just someone talking at you. It's like, we're two friends kind of having a conversation and discussing stuff and joking around, which I think a lot of people need in, you know, a world of social media where things can feel kind of cold and distant. Or, you know, like you you said earlier, like really kind of staged and put on because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, your channel is probably one of the first channels that, you know, outside of like special interest kind of channels, uh, like I would watch a lot of video game stuff and, you know, some like anime stuff and things like this. Like you're kind of really one of the first sort of like YouTube personalities that I followed. And I think that was one of the best things because... And again, please, guys, you know, head on over and, and check out Christina's channel because you film it in your room. Like there's yeah. it's like whatever's going on in your room. It's like it's on the camera. Like what? How did you come to that decision to just sort of say, like, I'm not going to have a green screen or anything like this is it? <laughs> well, it was funny because my original setup, I would film. Well, the first setup was my bedroom and then I moved mm-hmm. in my attic and I felt I would film while I was sitting on the floor with my couch in the background. And I used to get so many comments of people joking with me being like, one day she'll actually sit on the couch because <laughs> I was just always <laughs> sitting on the floor filming and it just it felt comfortable. It felt chill. And that I feel like when I have all that set up, I could totally like, you know, build a whole studio and and stuff like that and have things be more well-made, but I find it more comfortable to just be like, you know, sitting in kind of a comfy setting and talking because then I feel more loose and more myself. I don't want to ever come off like I'm kind of like a news anchor, you know, pitching something to someone. Whereas I have friends Mm -hmm. on YouTube who do the whole setup, they do the whole studio, they have mics, camera, action, lights, you know. Um, (laughs) But I feel like I would feel so nervous doing that. That would make me feel so uncomfortable. Um, well, I hope to, you know, upgrade my quality of things a little bit, but I, d- I want to keep that same like comfortable, you know, in-house vibes going. Well, I guess, you know, like you said, you're really just keeping up a conversation with friends. So really by keeping it pretty casual, you know, filming it in your room like that, that really helps you out mm-hmm. keeping it just like a regular conversation. Yeah. And you definitely, you know, you definitely make all of us, all of your followers and viewers really feel welcome because you have a pretty unique introduction and i find like a lot of um youtubers kind of have like a little unique so you know i am not going to say because i cannot do it justice so kind of how do you greet all of us you know all of your followers (laughs) i i start off every video saying hey cuties and welcome back to my channel for another video and i think see cuties to most people Mm -hmm. sounds super cringy and i know i've gotten comments being like that's so cringy ew you're so weird and stuff but then the the people that say that every time I say it, it makes them feel like so happy and so like, I don't know, comfortable, like they're part mm-hmm. of a family. I don't know. That to me just makes it all worth it. Like, I don't care about the people who say it's cringy because, you know, some people are like, oh, I get like butterflies in my stomach every time you call me a cutie. And I'm like, that's adorable. I love that. How did you come up with that? Um, So I... And people used to make fun of me for this, like all the way from like elementary school. I refer to everything as cute. And uh, especially guys get really uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And they're like, can you not call me cute? Like, that's not a manly term. But I used to call everything cute. And then I eventually I people pointed it out so many times that I transitioned to just calling people cuties. And then that just I would walk into every room and be like, hey, cuties, like, how's everyone going? Like, And uh, then I just, when I started making my YouTube channel, I was like, why don't I just refer to my viewers as cuties, even though that's totally cringe. And I kind of do it ironically. 
Yeah. I mean, I could tell you, you know, as a member, I guess, you know, cause you also, a lot of times, you know, you, you call all of us that follow you, you know, members of the cutie nation and all yeah. that. And I remember when I first saw it, I was kind of like cuties. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's really the more you watch, like you really do feel, and I do see, cause I will comment on some of your videos and a lot of the comments I do see is like, Oh my God, when Christina calls me a cutie, like you said, like, you know, like my heart skips a beat or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like getting such knowing that like you're really affecting people's lives or really like making people feel a lot better. I mean, that's gotta be a good feeling for you. Oh, it's like the best feeling in the world. There, I think a big reason why I started my YouTube channel was I just wanted to help people and that's all I've ever wanted to do. And originally I wanted to go into teaching cause I wanted to help um, people in high school cause I had a tough time in mm -hmm. high school. And I think that the fact that I'm able to help people in that kind of age range, um, you know, from mid teens to like in your twenties, when you're going through that really hard stuff and the biggest changes in your life, those are the people I want to be helping mostly. And I think by opening up with my channel and, and talking about things, um, like coming out and being pansexual and stuff, I think I've gotten so many comments of people being like, you helped me come out to my family and I've never been more happy and stuff. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, for so long in my life, I, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. And now, now I know what my purpose is. And it's like helping these people. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great thing. And, you know, people that listen to the show know that my daughter, Cassie will come on every once in a while, especially when we talk comic books, because her knowledge is much, much better than mine. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people know that Cassie is transgender. And uh, when she was 16, she came out to us, which was probably one of the hardest things she ha ever had to do was probably one of the bravest things that she's ever done. And as a parent, like I know how stressful that is. So, I mean, again, I just really have to applaud you for first for being so open, you know, about your life and you coming out and everything and just, you know, making, like you said, you're really helping people, I guess, cause you know, they'll look at it and be like, wow, you know, I'm not the only one who's going through this. Like if, if she can do it, I can do it. And, and that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. So, let, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, it's amazing. And, and your daughter's amazing. And everything you've told me about her is she just sounds like an amazing, strong woman. Yeah, she she absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of her big influences is um, a writer, a comic book writer by the name of Magdalene Visaggio, who is also a trans female. And my daughter did get to meet her. And it's, it's just great how people are kind of finding like heroes and inspiration in like really sort of like niche areas, you know, mm -hmm. be it a YouTuber or, or, or a writer or something like that. So kind of take us through like, how do you decide, you know, what you're going to put, like what content you're going to put up? Like, how do you decide like next week's show is going to be this? Like, what's your kind of process? Well, I kind of just, I'm on the internet a lot. I mean, as a, a little Gen Z that I am, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just kind of search for things that are trending, things that I get sent a lot of things from my subscribers on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and from people on my Patreon and stuff. And so I just try to see what people are looking for in the videos. Like, I feel like the videos are for me as well as they are for other people. But I also want to make content that, you know, other people are looking for. So I think, you know, I get requested a lot to do Caitlin Vedder videos, but I find that they're, they're kind of getting overdone now. I've done quite a few. Um, but definitely like things that are very pressing in society right now. So things that are going on very recently, I try to do videos on, mm -hmm. um, you know, things that people need to hear about. 
that maybe other people aren't talking about. I find on YouTube, sometimes it's hard to talk about the more controversial subjects that are going on in the world because you get demonetized uh, very easily. You could just say like one wrong word in the video and your whole video mm -hmm. will get demonetized. So I try not to care as much about the demonetization as much as I care about getting the the point across of things that are happening. So I think that's kind of how I decide what's going on the channel next. Yeah, and that's something like I, I notice like when I watch some of your videos and and you start to do your commentary and you you do kind of make that statement that I'm probably going to be demonetized. Like what what exactly is that that um, you don't get ad revenue from it? Like what is what does that exactly mean? So yeah, this is the kind of thing that people don't understand is it's not completely demonetized. Like you don't make, it's not that you don't make any money. It's that you make significantly less money. So mm -hmm. basically when you get demonetized, it means that most companies don't want to run ads on your videos. So usually when I get demonetized, the only ads that will run on my video are Trump ads <laughs> because Trump doesn't care what he puts his ads on. He'll put them on anything. <laughs> which means I get significantly less ads. So right. say if a video would usually make like, let's say $500, it might make like five cents, which is like crazy, uh, oh, a wow. crazy big difference. So it's not like you're making zero money, but it's like not enough <laughs> to, to survive off of or anything. So that's why, you know, one of your big sources of income is Patreon. So kind of explain a little bit how Patreon works for you. Patreon is basically like um, a content creator support platform. So you can uh, you can make tiers as a content creator that people mm -hmm. can join for you know a certain amount of money. Sometimes people have like one dollar tiers, three dollar tiers, and then it can go up higher and higher. And each tier gets access to a different kind of um, access content. So some people have. I know one of my friends. He plays a. Uh, like card games with people in one of the tiers, which I think is really cute. I wanted to try something like that, but I don't know how to do that online. Um, <laughs> for me specifically, I have uh, my patrons usually get the videos um, either a few hours before. It depends how like quickly I can get the video up, but I try to get it mm -hmm. to them earlier so that they can comment on it and give me their feedback on it. And then as you go up higher in the tiers, we do like group Zoom calls and personal Zoom calls and we just like stay connected. And it's really cute because I feel like I've kind of like created a little bit of a family on Patreon. Like mm -hmm. I've created such close connections with everyone that I don't know. I just like I feel like they're all my friends now. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's great. And I really think that is what's happening. And, you know, for your generation, I mean, this is really how things are getting done now. Um, Do you find do people kind of message you or put in the comments that you're maybe not their primary source of news, but you're kind of like an important sort of like, I wouldn't say newscaster, but like you're almost like one of their primary sources of information on what's going on in the world. Yeah. Some people tell me that. And one comment that I get very frequently is that um, Christina teaches me more than my actual teachers at school do. <laughs> Which is probably like one of my favorite compliments just because, of course, I wanted to be a teacher. So I'm like, oh, damn, I, I can be a teacher online. <laughs> I can be a little YouTube teacher. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you know, you definitely don't hold back on on issues. And, you know, you really let your your beliefs be known and your passions be known. So out of some of the recent videos that you've done, do you have like a personal favorite or favorites that you've done uh, recently? Ooh, that's hard. I do really like the video that I did on, and I got a lot of uh, backlash for this video, um, uh -oh. but it's the video I did on Lundy, who was the uh, famous uh, lesbian 
she was a social oh, yeah. media influencer and she was very predatory towards people. And she also was uh, caught saying racial slurs and stuff. I did a video on her and I thought it was really, really funny. <laughs> I thought I made some good, you know, witty jokes in there, but some of her fans weren't so happy with the, <laughs> the way I went about it. But I thought well, it was hilarious. Plus I was also calling her out for, you know, the bad stuff she was doing. Yeah, I mean, I had never, until I watched your video, I had never heard of her. And I was just like, my thought about halfway through was, she's a creep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a total creep. Yeah. Um, I have to say one of my favorite videos, um, just because it kind of hit me right in the gut, um, was the one you put up maybe a couple of weeks ago about Eden the doll and her friends that were attacked out in, um, I think it was out in Hollywood. Yeah. That, what was it like? Because for me watching it, that was like a really emotional video. What was it like for you to, to put that content out there? I mean, cause it's, it's, it's really emotional. Yeah. So I actually had a lot of trouble filming it because, and I've cried in a few of my videos and I really try not to, cause mm -hmm. I'm just, I know I'm a very like overly, overly emotional person. And I'm like, if there was a spectrum of empathy and like psychopaths were on one end and then extreme empaths were on one end. I hate that. I, I wish I was more somewhere like kind of in between the middle and empath, but I'm just such on the extreme of empathy that I feel everything that everyone else feels. So mm -hmm. watching those videos and hearing that story and knowing that that's the experience of, you know, so many trans women and trans women of color all across, you know, the world and America it it was just, I don't know, it was so upsetting to hear about. And I kept trying to make the video and not knowing how to like do it justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was hard to actually sit down and film the video and talk about that because it's it's such a it's a crazy reality that they have to experience all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And again, you know, I am really glad I had I had kind of heard that story. But really watching yours, like, again, like a lot of people tell you, that was probably the first time that I really got the full story on it and you put in the clips and yeah, I can't imagine because, you know, I have seen you in other videos, you do get emotional and I think you did a great job. Like you really held it together well. And I, I think it all came out great. Um, another one of your videos <laughs> that I watched and it was funny because if people who watch the show know, maybe four or five months ago, I kind of did a rewatch of Drake and Josh <laughs> and I raved about the show because I love the show when my daughter would watch it, the whole family would watch it. I did a rewatch. I thought it was funny. And I'd always kind of heard the rumors that Drake is a bit of a creep and uh, your video kind of exposed him for to say that he's a creep is, is really an understatement. But you said you used to watch Drake and Josh. So what was it like kind of talking about somebody that you kind of grew up with and the reality of who they really were. What was that like? It was really upsetting because Drake and Josh was one of my favorite shows. And I still am a pretty big fan of like Josh Peck, who mm -hmm. does videos with David Dobrik on YouTube and stuff. Like he runs his own YouTube channel and everything. Uh, he's super funny. He's a really uh, stand-up guy, you know, has a beautiful wife and everything. And it's just wild that you know, two people that were on the same show and basically grew up together went down two totally different, you know, paths or had completely yeah. different, you know, outlooks on like what's okay to treat people like. And to just know that this person that was such a source of joy for so many like, you know, kids and young teens was doing that behind the scenes is, is so upsetting because then it's like, you know, celebrities aren't immune to that stuff. 
Exactly. You know, it's possible that your favorite celebrity behind closed doors is like a horrible person. And that's like a scary thought that people that you support so deeply could actually be monsters. And that, that to me, was so shocking. I remember seeing the first video on TikTok by his ex-girlfriend uh, and I was just mm -hmm. blown away. Yeah, it was, it was, again, it was, I mean, and again, I think you handled it really, really well. You, you know, you kind of mix some humor into it a little bit. Um, cause I think, I think we, we kind of needed it, you know, yeah. with all the revel revelations about him. So let me ask you, like, who do you have any kind of influences? Like, did you try to pattern yourself after anybody or do you, are there any YouTubers out there that you look and you're like, wow, I like what they're doing and try to, I don't want to say copy, but try to like model some of the, some of your approach. Mm -hmm. So originally when I started my channel, I wanted to do kind of like an Emma Chamberlain vibe, which was like very real vlogs, you know, about your mm -hmm. life, like not leaving anything out, kind of just like, you know, watching the life behind the scenes and, and trying to make it as interesting as possible. So I started off doing stuff like that and I did more makeup videos. But as I started watching more YouTube, I wanted to follow more of the commentary route. So I really liked Cody Ko, who is kind of like a a comedy commentary mm -hmm. and he's a little bit too comedy for me because i don't think i'm as funny as him <laughs> so i think i need to and i like talking about more serious subjects as well and one mm -hmm. of my um favorite youtubers his name is d'angelo wallace and he does kind of the same commentary as i do he does less like political stuff and more just social commentary okay. yeah people like him i i'm really into and that's kind of where I've been trying to take my channel into more, you know, serious videos like that, you know, and they're really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, serious content, but it has a real homey feel to it. It has a real feel to it. You know, mm -hmm. you definitely maintain that. So we've talked about your influences. So now obviously, you know, you now have the ability to influence sort of the next generation of YouTubers. So if there's anybody out there that's listening, that was thinking of, I want to make a YouTube channel. Like, so Christina, tell us like, what advice would you give to an up and coming YouTuber? I actually did this very recently because, um, I had a friend ask me, uh, he really wants to, you know, grow a YouTube channel and he saw how I did it. And he was like, can you give me like the most honest advice you can? And I was like, honestly, the best advice I can give you for starting a YouTube channel is first be consistent and second, a hundred percent be yourself. And people can sniff out fakeness from a mile away. If you're even being remotely um, disingenuous or unauthentic, people, people will see that and it'll come across. So I think the most important thing for me was like to stop caring what people thought and just be myself. Because you can see even the transition from the first few videos I did, even commentary from the beginning of this year to now, I'm like, they look almost completely different because I was so nervous and I had probably cut the video so many times because I retook the same, <laughs> the same clip so many times. And I, now I'm just, I've, everything flows in front of the camera. Cause I'm, I'm just being myself. And I know that people like me for me and they don't want some fake version of me. And then the most important thing was that I started being consistent because before I was posting videos like once a month and now I'm mm -hmm. trying to put, well, I, I post maybe once a week now, but I try to mm -hmm. post like twice a week if I can. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely the key. And anything from like, sort of like a technical aspect of it, um, you know, sort of like technical advice, cameras, anything like that. Yeah. So eventually I upgraded my camera and because I originally wanted to vlog, I got the like famous vlogging camera, which is a Canon G7X <laughs> Mark II. 
uh, before mm-hmm. I was shooting on a Canon Rebel T5i, I think. And although that's like okay. a really great camera because it has like, you know, a flip out screen and everything, it didn't focus as well as I wanted it to. Like it, its autofocus wasn't so great, but the Canon G7X was like amazing at autofocus and it has the the screen that flips up instead of out. So the reason I like that so much is because I stare at myself in the viewfinder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm constantly staring at myself in the viewfinder and before it would look like I was looking off to the side and now it looks like I'm looking directly at the camera because the viewfinder is like right above it. So that's a little trick if you like staring at the viewfinder, which I know a lot of, uh, YouTubers do. Um, and also I, I use a mic, but sometimes I, I film without a mic if I'm just trying to like quickly film a video. Mm-hmm. I use a Blue Yeti Nano. Yeah, the Blue Yeti. It's like, that is like the pop. That's actually what I'm on right now. <laughs> it's a yeah, great they're mic. Great. Um, yeah, it's really good. So, um, you know, you have the YouTube channel. So tell us a little bit about what's kind of coming in the future, because I know you were talking possible podcasts and things like that. So what are your kind of future plans with your social media presence? So yeah, I'm hoping to keep doing social and political commentary on my channel and and grow my following as big as I can. I'm actually going to do, at the end of this month, I think my summer job is coming to an end. So I'm hoping to do uh-huh. like full time, which is really exciting. I can like focus all of my energy on that and hopefully, you know, pump out some good videos. But I'm also uh-huh. starting a podcast and uh-huh. actually my boom arms and everything just came in the mail yesterday which I'm really excited about. Um, I just have to figure out like a setup and where I'm going to do it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm designing merch right now. And okay. What other projects do I have? I'm hoping like, cause uh, I have a few YouTube friends who I wanted to do like collabs with, but it's hard with uh, everything going on. We can't like try sure. to see each other or anything, but yeah, hopefully that will be somewhat in the future. Yeah, no, that's great. And we're, you know, we're all definitely looking forward to all of that. So before we wrap things up, Christina, where can people find you social media wise, YouTube wise, kind of, it's your, it's your time now. So you get to plug yourself (laughs) a little bit. So go ahead. My like 10 second blog. So all my social (laughs) medias, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, I think, what else? I don't know. <laughs> All of the social medias. You can find me at Christina Mayoni, spelled K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-A-I-O-N-E. And then my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Christina Mayoni. Literally everything's just Christina Mayoni. I don't think I have any like special names. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, you know, in the description of the podcast and when I put stuff up on Instagram there, uh, I'll put links to your Instagram. And if I could get your YouTube channel in there, I will as well. So... <laughs> But otherwise, guys, you heard it. Just search for her name and you'll find her everywhere. So I want to thank Christina again for coming on. Um, I think this was a great interview and it was a pleasure having you and you're always welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was my first ever podcast. So this is so fun. Awesome. And guys, as always, do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. You remember when you were